0: Okay, three, two, one. All right, Frank. Welcome to the hive, buddy. Good to be here. So, Frank. Yes. Why are you on here? I feel like I'm going to be abused, but uh. Possibly. There's some. There's usually, usually abuse does happen here. It's Just kind of the nature of what we do. That'd be such a surprise, if you. I know. I know. You're going to give me a bad rap. Be careful. Be careful. All right. You're very talkative tonight. Uh, what do you want me to say? Huh? Whatever you want to say. But now, Frank. Had a great class. That yeah, I can say. Yeah, you can say that. All right. So, Frank. Yes. How do, your last name, I say, Restivo. That's right. Yep. Frank Restivo. So you're you're a student here at Killer B. Yes, and uh, how long have you been here? Uh, it was a year November. Wow. Yeah. A year already. Yep. Crazy. That's interesting. And you are an iron worker. Union iron worker, local 11. How long 20 you, years? Twenty years. Twenty years. What's retirement for that? <laughs> for as long as you can make it. No, but you, what's what's where you retire with uh, with decent benefits?
1: Well it's not it's not like the police officer, like okay. the cops. You can be twenty five or twenty years, you get out. You're, you're vested at five. So after five years, if you decide that you wanted to leave, you can go and do another job. But you can't collect until you're until you're of age, like sixty I think they upped it to sixty five.
0: Okay. Which kind of makes sense. Yeah. Because we're all living longer.
1: Well, our, our our pension is different. It's not like I, I I get people giving me shit like oh you know like when they start bitching and moaning about the unions and what teachers and cops get that it's because it's paid for by the state. Our our pension is private, so it's,
0: it's. So you're not part of that. That's yeah, a different discussion. Total different discussion. Yeah, you got a guy with a crooked nose sitting on a on a chair over in the corner going, hey, uh-huh. yo. Yeah. You can't but, go deep into that, or else no, you get in a little not, bit of trouble.
1: Yeah, I, I got to watch what so I. So I'll talk about yeah. it. I'll talk okay. about it. a
0: different union, so you don't get in trouble. Okay. But we have I I don't mind. I won't throw his name out. But we have a guy who used to train with us. I say used to because he really got hurt. He was in the elevator union. Okay. i worked with those guys. He fell down the elevator shaft. Yeah. Really he really didn't do. have his his. Uh, they put a line, a safety line on him. He didn't have the safety line on because he had to reach for something that was beyond the scope of the safety line. He pulled the safety line off, and then this beam like made had a big shift, and it knocked him off, and he dropped. I mean, it was something like – he fell like 30 feet. It was a bad fall, and he really screwed his back up. And then – he was trying to do the right thing. He tried to work through it a little bit. He was trying to, and then his union, they wouldn't back him because they told him he didn't do the right timeline and all this kind of stuff. So this guy's on the job for like 15 years, working in this wow. union. Guys losing fingers, breaking bones, whatever. And then he said, some short, fat guy with a bad Brooklyn accent was like, "Yeah, you, you just need to stop. Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get anything. And if you try, like, you're gonna get things you don't want."
1: Well, it's a, it's a big problem, too, with, you know, I mean, the OSHA regulations, I mean, with us, I mean, being an iron worker, when I go up, if I have to be tied off, if, if they're, they're getting so strict with that. And, it's, I mean, it's for your own safety, but it's also for, exactly, if you fall, like, if they, if they tell me to put a harness on, and I go climb, I don't have my harness on, I don't clip off, and I fall, it, it, it's my fault. Yeah. I and mean, I'm not wearing the proper safety tools, you know, and it's, it's a big part of the business. It's dangerous. It's a dangerous business
0: you're one of the guys that came here I like to ask people what made them interested in what it is that we do here because you being an iron worker you also had sales jobs you had a lot of different things and uh, you're in your 40s I won't I won't throw you under a bus give you your full age but yeah Let's what keep that on but how long have you been training in martial arts in general
1: well before I came to you I told you uh, when we talked a few years back, I, I did kickboxing. I worked at a kickboxing school in uh, Bradley Beach.
0: We won't, we won't. We won't talk about who that we, is. We won't talk about him. Yeah. He's not around anymore. He's not around anymore. I, I, although I heard he might be back. I heard he was trying to come back. Okay. But I don't know if he officially did. Okay. He was never doing anything that was worth mentioning. So no. whatever.
1: I mean, it was for me. It was good because I never did it before, my, my roommate had gone to him, and he's like, "Can we try it out." And you know, it, it was, it was it, cool for what it was worth.
0: I, I, I don't care if you're if you're trying to be a competitive athlete that's one thing but if you're somebody that's looking to do martial arts for your own benefit i really don't care where you go as long as you're happy doing it and you're better off because of it i don't really care like i'm not going to sit here and say i'm better than this guy or better than that guy and you should only come here or whatever i don't give a shit about that if you're going to be a competitive athlete that's different i think there's certain places that certain guys should go some people are right for me some people right for other places whatever and eh, well, you know, well that's listen, what it all comes down to you
1: know cards on the table we've discussed this before and like i said i'm not blowing smoke up here after. i tried when i when I wanted to get into the Muay Thai, I tried other schools, and I, I was almost giving up, because I tried two other schools, I didn't like it, um, and I was like, oh, you know what, I thought was going to give up, and I went and did another search, and I found you, and we talked,
0: and I came here, and I, I loved a year later, and you've been here. A year and a half. Yeah, a year and a half, and yeah. you're still here. So w- what what made you interested in martial arts, even before you came here, when you were doing your thing at the other place? What was your initial interest?
1: Well, I, I've, always, I've always been an athlete. I, I played baseball um i've always been into working out at the gym and i i'm always looking for something to challenge myself so it, it, it was something that i wanted to do to get involved with
0: what now I'm, I'm gonna go to that because that's okay. something that like, constantly it's it that's the reoccurring thing in in every conversation i have with the people that tend to embrace what we do here it's that challenge word so why where the, What's the idea of challenge for you? Why Where where were you like, I need a challenge? Did you need a physical challenge? Mental challenge? Need to be, I mean, ex- all explain the above, that.
1: All the above, physical, mental, something that, I, you, honestly, I wanted to get involved with it. I, want, I was like, I need to get involved with something that's going to make me want to quit. That's going to be hard, and I'm going to be like,
0: it's that hard that it's going to make me want to quit. See, what I like about that is, I hear so many times, People try and justify not doing by saying, yeah, people don't want to be pushed. And I, I really believe that's bullshit. I oh, think bullshit. more people want to be pushed and challenged than not. And I think it's that they haven't found the challenge that works for them is the issue. I think we all have different challenges. Some people want to come and do martial arts. Some people want to do CrossFit. Some people want to bodybuild. Some people want to surf. Some people want to skateboard. Some people, I don't know, want to ride a bike I don't care. Right. Everybody's got a different solution to that challenge issue, but I think it's bullshit when people tell me that, especially people are like, oh, Americans are soft. They don't like challenge. I don't know about that.
1: I, and I believe, too. I, I'm just... This is the way I do things. I look yeah. at it like, if you're going to do something, fucking do it 100%. If you're going to do something half-assed and you're not going to do something that's really going to bring you to your limits, why bother?
0: And that's where I run into issues with what I call the commercial side of things, where you get schools and gyms that their whole premise is that people don't want to be pushed, that people don't want to work hard, that people are not going to last. So they have really heavy front-loaded marketing packages, they get your money up front, they tie you in for the long haul, they hope you don't show up after a certain amount of yeah. time, and then you gotta deal with a credit company for the next step of it. And That, that to me, they're just preying on the perception of weakness and they're actually selling the perception of weakness to people exactly. and it's just this big trap and it's all marketing and bullshit well that's
1: what I don't like about the other schools I walked in and it was like a sales pitch it's like yeah. here buy this key buy this bag buy these shorts and I'm like I went, it was funny because when I came to you not that I got the vibe like that you didn't want me here but it was so cool because like you told me what you did like this is what I do you introduced me to Carl like you know Carl is aspiring to be a pro fighter and you're like, this is what we do. And it was like, I had this vibe from you, like, you can hack it here and you like it. And that's great.
0: And if you don't, there's the door. Go find another place. And I was like, I thought that was so refreshing. It's funny. A new he was on the last episode of the podcast. When he first came to check out the school, we were talking. And he looked at me and he goes, do you like in a good place or something? You're like really chill about this. And I'm like, no, I am in a good place. I'm comfortable. I'm not selling anyone. Like, I... Uh, I, we're all selling, I'm not I, I, I'm going to bullshit myself there, but I'm not tactically selling. I do what I do to the best of my ability and I'm extremely honest about what it is we do and what I, I believe the perceived benefits of it are, and again, yes, my attitude is if this is the place that piquing your interest, give it a shot, if it's not, I don't care, go somewhere else. But, but that's what's great about this school, and again, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not...
1: That you know obviously know what you're doing you've got the experience and you me i'm i'm the type of person i always do my background is baseball i play baseball and and some some athletes in every aspect of sports some people like to be coached other people are not coachable whatever the case may be me personally i always love to be coached and but but with that being said that's why the coach has to be good and with you it's great because and again I, i gotta give you credit where credit's due you Obviously, you have the knowledge, and you have an excellent way of portraying and teaching and, and pushing at the right time, and, and and just getting across your message. And it's you're confident in what you do. You're not like you just you're just you. It's like a person that doesn't have no. to go out and have to try to be somebody they're not. They're like, hey, this is me. You don't like it? Cool, go somewhere else.
0: I mean, it's 20 years, though. It's 20 oh, years I mean, of teaching on my own too. And uh, but hey. Take credit I, where credit's due. Yeah, yeah Thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I again, I, I, don't, I don't like to sit on here and I don't. Well, that, I don't I'll, know.
1: I'll do that for you. You could
0: do it for <laughs> me. I appreciate it. It's just, and I have no reason is what to, is.
1: to to say that because I, I, honestly, too, when I, when I came to do this, the, the, one aspect that I'm getting now that I really didn't think I was gonna, I didn't know what was gonna happen. Is it, this it, we're like a team. And oh and yeah! We've all become friends, and the guys here are great. And everybody
0: pushing each other. We get together for, you know, for extra
1: workouts, and it's
0: it's great. It's but I, that's but that's the that's the combined. Okay, so the challenge part. So people that like to be challenged, it's a particular breed of cat. So correct. we are all people that accept the challenge aspect of it and not only do we accept it for ourselves now we're doing it with a group of people you see other people and then it's a respect thing there was a this guy Simon Siddick did an amazing lecture about the military and he said you know the reason that the military call each other brothers and sisters is because of the nature of their job they when you join the military you're literally are willing to die for somebody so that's why there's a legitimate family attitude because you're willing to lay your life on the line for that human being. So it's a different kind of relationship. And I think anything where you're physically putting yourself out there, you're taking on risk, anything you do physically is a risk. And again, I don't care if you're lifting weights or you're, you're, you're holding pads for each other. When you're, when you're doing any kind of extreme activity, you're always putting each other at risk. And here, and every other martial arts school, we are all putting each other at risk for each other, not just for ourselves. And that's that's where that bond comes from. And that's why, that's why I love martial arts because it's such a melting pot of people. So you can come in and have a lot of really weird ideas about certain people. But once you get on the mat and you start moving, all those ideas go away and we just know each other for what we're doing in that moment. And that's why I love this stuff because all the, hey, I, it was funny, uh, I had a long drive. I've been going to New York a lot for, for my other job and, uh, I, I had to turn the news off because sitting in my car listening to all the bullshit on the radio all day long, it's so much negativity. I, I literally, I was going in on last Sunday, I was driving into the city and it got down to the point. And it was this way with Obama, it was this way with Bush, it's now this way with Trump. But the partisan aspect of the media. You get one side of it is only looking for good things, no matter what they say or don't say. Trump. And the other side is looking for nothing but bad on what they say or don't say. I mean, people, because of all this sexual harassment shit going on in the White House, people were saying that, you know, Trump's not by not saying something was something and then when he said something it was something. Yeah, that's, that's I mean incredible. the whole thing. I am sitting here, I'm driving, I'm like, I can't do this.
1: I go through the same thing coming you know, being an iron worker, obviously I'm commuting yeah, commute all over the state and, and being a big I'm a I'm a sports guy. I'm a E S P N. I am i am I'm a sports guy. So I'm on my way home I always listen to sports yeah. talk radio. And the last thing I want to hear is fucking politics. Yep. and I'm not even talking about which side. I don't care if one side's hundred percent right, one side's hundred percent wrong. I don't want to hear it. Talk about the Yankees, talk about football. Don't I don't want to hear about Trump? Well the problem with sports I want to hear too
0: though sports. But sports got politicized over uh, all this shit now know everything is now I mean Kaepernick started the whole thing in the NFL with uh, taking a knee, which is bled over into every other sport and I'm everybody's old, I'm so sick and tired of everybody having these opinions about yeah. everything. And we just can't do. But my point the reason I'm saying all this stuff is right. because the stress of just not doing and just consuming all of this weird information, coming here, going anywhere, and actually doing something, we don't have time to listen to all the bullshit. Right. And we're focusing on ourselves in the group, and really good things are happening. And I feel like that's the solution to the majority of the problems fucking fall in love with something
1: oh man you're 100% I I literally and it it hasn't it hasn't weighed a percentage point I look forward to Tuesday Thursday night Saturday morning it is I I can't like everything about the day everything about jobs and money and this and that it's got you come here and it's such a positive vibe but it's
0: just it's your oasis it's where you Uh, go to get away from it you know no cell phone no talk radio no television no nothing and that's that's what I like about training. I had one guy probably 15 years ago. I had this one dude who's crazy religious and crazy political we actually had to ask him to leave the gym because
1: oh,
0: like he became god. the talk radio in the gym and oh
1: my god yeah who wants to hear
0: that? we're all we are all prone to go into our rants on shit here and there but at the end of the day once we get started it all goes away yeah and the thing that we all judge ourselves on is not by the opinions is by what we do and the effort that we put out and it's funny all the political opinions and the differences in religion, sex, politics, all that stuff. When you get out there and you bang out and somebody holds pads and you hold pads and you do all the work, all those opinions. Up- Opinions of bullshit go away.
1: Go away. I mean, like I said, when I when I come here, I I enjoy walking in, and getting ready to warm up, and talking about Trent about his next race. You know what I mean? Like positive things. That, that that's the type of stuff that we discuss. And even if you were talking, but
0: even if you were talking about negative things, by the time we're done, those are all gone anyway.
1: Exactly. That's a very good point. That's true.
0: And that that that's the uh, uh, last time with Anup we were talking a little bit about this was that. You know, it goes down to that challenge thing. I think the best moments for humanity in general tend to come around things that are considered to be great tragedies. And I, people expect us to fall into, like, the Walking Dead chaos whenever something goes wrong. But especially in this country, we tend to pull together over and over and over and over. Right. And I think that's the beauty of challenge when faced with challenge as humans we come together to overcome that challenge because that's in our dna as humans and that's why i think the more we embrace challenge the less all the other shit that people fight about and block people from saying and all this nonsense it's all bullshit
1: i remember i'll tell you a funny story um I remember coming in when I when I first joined. I actually was going through. I had just ended a really long term relationship, and it was tough. You know, I'm definitely not going to get into that. So That'd be a soap opera. We'll be here for two hours. Uh, but anyway, I uh, I came in and I was like, I was kind of like bummed about it. You know, we had had a discussion and we talked and whatever. And I, I walked in and Carl noticed it because you know you know I always come in. I'm always like yeah. talking. I'm like a friendly guy. And uh, Carl had said to me, he's like, you know, what's up? And I just said to him, like, well, ah, you know, like girl stuff. And it was funny because he was all over it. He goes, we we get rid of that shit here. Yeah. He goes, this is where we get rid of it. And he pushed me that night and was like, he was right on it. And, yeah. and it and he was right. He, he just squeezed all that shit oh, out he, of you. like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was and it's so true. He just he's like, we leave that at the door. He hey,
0: like, I in the beginning of my career in particular, I really didn't make any money, and I couldn't. I had to have a full time job. So I was training pretty much full time. I was getting up really early in the morning to train, then I would work and basically nine to five, and then I would go to the gym and then I would train again and whatever. And it was it was it was a rough cycle. But the one thing that happened I hated my job. I hated every fucking second of my job. No, I hear that. So but <laughs> I would get to the gym at like five thirty and I would be in the worst fucking mood. Everyone got to the point they knew don't talk to me until we were done warming up right by the third round i was normal you were good yeah but it it, like everyone knew and it was like it was you know i went to the telephone booth and i came out superman you know what i mean like but it took me a while i had to get away from all the shit that i was going through and yeah that's i think having the opportunity To do something you love on a consistent basis is really the key to happiness.
1: Absolutely. And you have to have something, again, with the challenge. I mean, I think people that don't have that in their life are, are missing. And it doesn't have to be the gym. It doesn't have to be working out. It could be anything. You have
0: to. It could be house. music. It could be drawing. Exactly. It could be painting. It could be Challenge anything. Yourself. Exactly. Yo, I don't give a fuck. It could be video games. I don't right. give a shit. Right. I know people that are, yo, video games, if you look at the statistics on a global scale right now, people, the level of professional gamers out there is that a ridiculously high level they're really popular they make a lot of money it's an actual profession with a real league and like all this kind of shit so again i don't disparage anybody from falling in love with anything they want to do as long as there's some kind of positive outlet for their energy
1: absolutely and, and, and i think that's again that's what people miss out on when they don't I, i've had people ask me because they know like I, i've been a gym rat my whole life and i, I talk when people like want to get into working out and i hear them kind of like so, you got to really get into the mental aspect of it too. You feel good when you you get there. You're around positive people. You're around. You, you might run into some guy that's 75 years old and he's getting going through a workout and he's a nice guy and he talks to you and you're like,
0: wow, that's, and you just see. It's a communal. Problem. It's a communal effort again. Exactly. It's just that communal effort. The, exactly. The thing too, most people are scared to do the real thing, and it's because they don't know and when you don't know you know nobody likes to walk into a dark room and have someone flip the light on surprise yeah. you know that's what they where they feel about going to do something so that's why those predator fucking gyms pack them in at certain times of year because they make it so easy they speak to your fear Absolutely. they speak to all the negative concepts and they say it's going to be the most affordable time efficient way with you know it's like the least invasive the most affordable okay but it's also the least effective it's not gonna last I, I i talk about this all the time when people that go to certain gyms and they get on the treadmill and they walk on the treadmill And then they get off the treadmill and then they go get the protein shake at the protein bar and they actually – so they burn off a couple hundred calories but they put in a couple thousand. So they're wondering why they can never lose the weight. It's because they don't understand. One thing that kills me and I, I say this so many times to people, calories, it's a measurement. It's like inches. There's no difference in calories one calorie is one calorie it doesn't matter what the source is it's a measurement of the energy it takes to burn it so it doesn't matter if you're eating chocolate and ice cream or fucking vegetables a calorie is a calorie and your body needs x amount of calories to produce the energy you need to get through the day and if that you have excess calories above that, that's where the weight comes from. The source of your calories is how your composition will end up being. But your overall weight, if you tell me you want to be 150 pounds, well, you need to eat 1,500 calories a day if you're not doing anything. And then everything you do is going to burn calories, and the amount that you burn is how much more food you can eat. So if your base is 1,500 and then you do a 500-calorie workout, well, you could eat 2,000 and your weight's not going to change. Then it's going to stay the exact same but if you want to lose weight you have to put yourself in a caloric deficit meaning eat less and work out more or do one or the other but that's the one people don't get and counting calories really does work in terms of losing overall mass uh, balancing out the source of your calories is how you build muscle or build fat or whatever but the number is still the thing like you can't eat 4000 calories of what of healthy let's say i'm doing this with quotes right, right. but you can't eat 4000 calories and expect to lose weight i don't care if just it's just cuz it's i don't care if food, it's right, fucking right. fucking lettuce or a snickers <laughs> exactly. bar it's it's a it's a, a amount of fuel that you don't have enough energy to burn so you're going to store it it's just the way it fucking goes I mean, that, was, that, that's that drives aspect, me nuts.
1: That, that's one aspect that I never really got into the, I guess, the science of. I mean, I, I never really had a problem with, with weight. That was never an issue. So, I mean, I try to eat as good
0: as possible. Um, but, but the thing is, so you're trying to eat as good as possible. So what ends up happening when you eat healthy is uh, more nutritionally dense foods tend to have a lower caloric value. So lettuce is not going to have as many calories in terms of other foods you can eat you know so that's why fruits and vegetables are much lower caloric sources than other stuff but so like a heavy carb may have 500 calories where there's no such thing as a heavy or dense you know piece of fruit or 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 vegetable in a lot of ways but I get people oh you can eat all the chicken you want no you can't right you can't all I know is ever since
1: I've been working out here even I went for my physical this year I've maintained like uh, probably about
0: 8 or 10 pounds less and I keep at that weight and it's working great. <laughs> and then I have other people that are here that have put weight on from training. The one thing about your body is that if you put your body under stress, it's going to perform better. There's you can, Again, I say this, I'm not a doctor. You don't have to take me at my word. There's this thing that you can do. It's this really amazing thing. It's called Google. If you go on Google, Google. you can find the real fucking data to support most of what I'm saying. Nowadays you don't even have to type, you can just talk it. Talk the
1: question, yeah, you can right?
0: ask fucking yeah, Alexa. Ask Alexa, or... ask Alexa and yeah. she'll tell you. But if you look at the real science, if you actually eat a little bit less than what your body needs, your body performs more optimally. If you sleep a little bit less, a little, small percentage less than what you actually eat, you perform more optimally. If you push yourself, your body conforms to that push and performs more optimally. You can't be in a total deficit between rest, fuel, and work all the time, but if you ten- if you cycle between rest and work and fuel in a way that you're in abundance and deficit, the deficit sides are going to sharpen you, and you're going to be better. It's just we're designed to survive. I, I totally believe that because you know being an iron worker, it's a, you know, it's a physically difficult
1: job, and 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 I notice. Between you know, iron working, working out here, going to the gym, I need a certain obviously need a certain amount of sleep. But if I sleep too much, yeah, you get you get weird, it, right? It, it's I feel yeah. weaker if I sleep, I, and I'm not. A, I'm a, I'm an early bird. I'm yeah. up. I'm ready. 4:30, 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm up, coffee, ready to go to the gym, ready to go to work, whatever the case may be. So I, I mean,
0: six, seven hours of sleep is a lot for me. So that's all you really need. That's well, that's all I really get. I got into a weird rut. I was sleeping about an hour more than I normally would, and I actually felt way worse. Yeah. Way fucking worse.
1: I see guys at work, they're like, at lunchtime, they're like, I'm going to take a nap. How do you fucking go to sleep for half an hour? It's like
0: getting up again. The only time that, well, you know (laughs) what, though? But that's one where the source of food, that's your your energy, kind of does that to you, too. If you're eating really shitty, your energy. A lot of guys
1: at work don't eat so
0: well. Especially if you're eating a lot of salt and sugar. You'll kind of spike, yeah. and then you get sluggish, and you feel yeah. like shit. Or you drink too much coffee. I drink a shit ton of coffee, but I don't eat bad, so I find that the coffee just kind of keeps me going. I never really crash off coffee. I get a high, but I don't. I don't bonk I, off. I of don't. It. I'm, I'm exactly
1: the same way. And I think I, the two things you just mentioned that I know are really bad. I, I I don't do sugar, and I don't do salt. No sugar in the coffee, and I stay away from salt as as I never. I never. Will you see me grab a salt shaker and put salt on food? I just.
0: I put a lot of salt on my food, but I use I use Himalayan sea salt, which is not as bad, Okay. but I do use, I don't, where I, do you like, do sugar in the coffee? No, I so don't do don't sugar eat? or cream in my coffee, I went black on coffee, and it was crazy, I lost a lot of weight, I lost almost oh, yeah. 10 pounds just sure. from no cream and sugar, because I drink so much coffee, so I was, I'm drinking 5, 6 cups of coffee a day, oh, wow, which is ridiculous, I told a, you, I'm te- so, I'm te- I'm te- with well no, that was, that was when my son was born, i was not wow, sleeping i was him. <laughs> i was living well no i wasn't sleeping i was sleeping literally like two three hours a night right. it was awful and so i'm drinking like fucking pots of coffee a day but i didn't realize how much fucking milk and sugar i was drinking right. and i was wondering why I, i'm like where the fuck's all this up? i know from? i had a
1: friend of mine who was like I, I gotta get off coffee get i gotta get off coffee and then he's like we were at 7-eleven and he, he was like ah, oh, we went back on he's like i had to go back on the coffee and i watched him put like six sugars in there. I'm like, well, no, you're not on your- coffee, oh, right? Oh, yeah, you're on, yeah, that's you, your yeah, you're on sugar. sugar. Exactly.
0: You're, you're, you're putting some coffee in your sugar. Y- yeah,
1: that, that's ridiculous. I, I never, I, that's it, just, you know, a little
0: so bit of You do need sodium in your body, especially if you work hard. If you're really hydrated, you can tolerate sodium levels, but the thing is with sodium, like if you go to like Applebee's, and you eat their food, the amount of fucking white table salt they have in their food, oh my God, it makes me so sick. Like yeah. I have trouble digesting. it like dries out my stomach. It's yeah. awful. That's yeah. what I find. So that's where I don't like additive sugars and salts, like natural sugars, uh, more natural salts okay. When I put salt on food, you know again, like i'm I'm not using white table salt, like the really heavy processed salts uh, that's that's where i have that's where I have issues. I have. Guys ask me all the time what supplements do you recommend and all this kind of stuff. Honestly, I'm an eater. I believe in food.
1: We discussed that because yeah. I was like, I, I get it, and that's one again.
0: I was never, you
1: know, like a multivitamin. Multivitamin is that good for you? It's not. You read, you, you just
0: pee it out. It's but if you go to the doctor and you get your and you. You know, go get a blood test and they find out what your levels are. That's a different story. But if you're, you know, bro science and it's saying, well, I think I eat this so I might need that or you read Muscle and Fitness and they're telling you what to take, you're probably just going to piss out most of it. Right. And two, a lot of people, they don't realize the abundance of supplements a lot of people take. They're not really doing their body good. I mean, your liver and your kidneys really – it, yeah. it has to – Process I remember, all that stuff. I remember when I
1: first started lifting like the, the big thing was like to take like you know amino acids and everybody was popping these amino acid pills. I never it. got into them because they're I. so
0: disgusting. I, I, they tasted so bad, especially the liquid ones. oh man I, I just always, eating a dirty sock would have been better.
1: I, I, yeah, I just always felt I mean just just common sense was going to tell you like this they're they're selling you on it because you you start lifting and they tell you you know you hear it all the time when I lift heavy, you gotta you need to take in protein. So here's protein in a pill. So it makes sense. I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. No, get it naturally after you work out.
0: Well, here's the thing, though. I'm a professional marketer. Marketing is is my thing. Like that's one of the things I do a tremendous amount of. When you're, but when it's really, it's the one thing you find out. The more involved you get in marketing, the more you realize there is not a major publication out there that is not. All the information is financially motivated. Muscle and Fitness was a massive commercial for Joe Weider and all the different companies that he was part of. Oh, sure. He put some ripped guy on the cover. If you just read in between the lines and do what we say, you'll look like this guy. Um, yeah. But he owned, he owned his own protein, his own vitamins. He owned all that. So, okay. Remember Twin Labs was the big one? Uh, that was the big one. All right. So Twin Labs was a big company. So, of course, they're going to talk about the largest advertiser in his magazine. They're going to talk about the benefit of using supplements when the biggest advertiser is a supplement company. So that's the thing. When they, people talk about cars and they talk about clothes, I mean, I have a clothing company. People are like, oh, my God, it's so great that that magazine's talking about the clothes. And you guys, I'm like, yeah, do you understand how much money I advertise in that magazine? Of course, I'm the go-to guy for information about whatever because we paid to get that. So when you see these people, it's not because they're good. Famous people are in magazines because magazines need to sell magazines. So they take somebody that's really famous. They put them in their magazine because their fans are going to buy it. People that are aspiring to be that famous person are going to buy it. It's not because they're the best or whatever. It's it's a popularity contest. And the rest of it is paid for. And I'm not shitting on it. It's a fine system. It is what it is. I mean, everybody's got to make money. What the fuck? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, why do you I – mean, Yes, when someone of some status comes through, of course I put their picture up and say the person was here. It, it helps legitimize what we do. It's the nature of what we do. But when it comes to your health, when it comes to what you're trying to achieve, you've got to get the stars out of your eyes and you've got to look at real information. The guys on the, the guys and girls on the cover of these magazines are A, airbrushed, and B, on, on, they're on steroids. Of course they are. They're on vitamin S. Yeah. I mean the guy – so uh, – did you ever see, uh, Bigger, Faster, Stronger documentary? No. Yeah. It was insane. Everybody should watch Bigger, Faster, Stronger. This guy, he just got really deep into steroid culture and, and did a thing about it. But they, he took the top three cover models from Men's Health and all that, and they're all on steroids. One guy who's been on – he's been on more covers than anything. He actually died in some freak accident. guy thought I fucking trained. But the guy had – The guy every year was getting breast reduction surgery from the effects of the steroids where he kept getting gyno. So they had to keep cutting the gyno out so he looked better. I mean Hollywood too. When when Hugh Jackman played Wolverine in the one where it was Japan – I think it was called The Wolverine was the name of the movie. He was fucking huge and he was shredded. If you read the article about it. He didn't drink water for three days to get shredded for that part. And there's no way he's not on gear. There's no fucking way that that 40-something-year-old dude to get that big and that shredded. There's no way he's... Don't tell me it's fucking chicken and working out. How about get Stallone out and all his...
1: Mo- didn't Stallone get really sick during... I think it was the third one? The or maybe Rocky IV, though I don't know. There's so many of them. The one with the Russian. Well, he, was, he dropped like a ridiculous amount of body and, fat. Yeah, he was, he, was, got dangerous.
0: he was starving himself right. to be that shredded. So... If you look at media culture and what they're pushing out, it's supposed to be the ideal. It's a completely unsustainable ideal. Now, it's funny you said that with uh, Stallone. Stallone told Dolph Lundgren when they did Rocky IV – well, here, I'm going to give you two things on this. They always filmed Rocky backwards. They always filmed the final fight first and then all the scenes going back because they they showed up in the – of the best best shape shape. because once you're filming you can't work out to the same level to get that way so they would film the final fight first because they were in the best shape and they looked the greatest and as their bodies got a little softer they were going backwards to that and that That was the beginning but then the other one is when they came to do Rocky IV Sylvester Stallone said to Dolph Lundgren he goes enjoy this moment because you will never look like this again
1: now you're obviously you've been around the, the martial arts world for a long time Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't Dol- was Dolph Lund- uh, Lundgren a legitimate kickboxer?
0: No, Dolph Lundgren was a legitimate full contact karate fighter.
1: Okay. Dolph I, Lundgren. I knew he, I knew he
0: had. Some, he is a he, he was legitimate. legitimate yeah, right. he won. And also, the motherfucker's smart. Right. He was going to. It was like the MIT of Australia for biology or something. Okay. And I think it was marine biology. I could be wrong. Again, Google it. I don't fucking Alexa. know. Alexa. But yeah, Alexa. <laughs> but he was in he was in Australia. He was a full contact karate guy and he won their big tournament a number of times. He goes to the Kyokushin World Tournament to this day still and does demonstrations, breaks bricks and shit like that. But he, he's a legit martial artist. He's that, a real deal. He's a real like, deal.
1: I always like to hear – like, to find out that – that's what always kind of fascinated me. Like some of these people are, are – are like uh, what's his name? Of? Uh, Van Damme. Jean Claude Van Dammen.
0: Right. I honestly, I hear so much sketchy shit about his background. I can't tell what's real, what's not real. Okay. How about I,
1: I Sugal with the Aikido.
0: I, I heard he was legit. Yeah, I mean, but being like right. fantastically the Aikido, what does that mean? Right. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? And who was the other
1: one? Uh, yeah, well, we all know Chuck Norris is legit.
0: But he never fought in full contact. Oh really? No, he's point karate guy. Okay. I, I mean, the only thing I'll say legit. The reason I I'll say Chuck Norris is legit, because. He was really good at the things of his time okay. and at a later stage. He got a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and a lot of people don't know that. Did not know he that. He got either. a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu from the Machados, which they don't give that away. He did earn that in his 50s, I believe. Wow. So There's hope for me. he's a real martial artist. Chuck Norris, uh, you know, a funny we, one. We had the same birthday. Do we really? Uh, no, Chuck Norris and I. Oh, I thought like you said we don't. No, we, we don't. Chuck, Nor- don't Chuck Norris and I do. You too. and Chuck Norris, I was yeah. okay. Yeah, so ruddy Irish looking fuckers have the same birthday. But no, he's a guy that he's a real martial artist, but he, he was never a kickboxer or anything. He did point karate. And who else in Hollywood would have a real fight background? There's a couple guys in Hollywood that have legit credentials and backgrounds and whatever. And a lot of guys now doing, because jujitsu is so big out on the West Coast, there's so many actors. And I mean, Guy Ritchie has a black belt in jujitsu.
1: And that got popular in the beginning with the MMA. Oh, races.
0: Yeah, MMA, blue Brazilian jiu-jitsu through the roof in the United States, at least. It's getting a lot bigger in Europe too. Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, is, you know, the primary grappling sport for MMA. I would say, besides wrestling, it's wrestling and jiu-jitsu. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 funny though the 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 media culture what it pushes should not be what you're looking at for your source of information was kind of what we were getting at. So you know, you got, um, what's his face, American Sniper. Bradley Cooper, they're talking about how he put like 40 pounds on and so Testosterone Nation had this article about what his diet was and then they start pushing all these products he was on. I'm like, bullshit. He didn't put 45 pounds of muscle on and deadlift over 400 pounds because he was taking so-and-so's you know, super protein pack. Get the fuck out of here. These guys have X amount of time to get ready. They know they're going to be on screen with their shirt off and they're going to do everything they can to look fucking perfect.
1: And it's crazy that people don't realize that. But
0: But the thing is, (laughs) think about it though. When you're young, you don't realize it. I worked, I was the manager of a health food store. I used to sit there every day and I just ate up all those magazines and I was on every supplement in the fucking world and I don't look like them because... I didn't understand calories. I didn't understand protein, fat, and carb ratios. I didn't understand work, rest, fuel to the right degree. I thought you take these things and then you, it pumps up your muscles and you work really hard. No matter how much I worked, I, no, I'm no. i like Lou Ferrigno's muscle mass 3000. All it did was give me a gut. It was 3000 calories and a fucking shake. I couldn't work that off.
1: You know, I, I, that's another thing. I find it fascinating because you know, growing up playing sports, playing baseball, I – that aspect that we've been discussing with with well, what do they take?
0: I, I, don't, I always concentrated well, in the eighties and nineties. We knew what they were taking, well, I, I, but nobody for, else knew what they were taking. But we know me, now.
1: For me, I I would not like you know. I played baseball. I remember like the, one of the, the best things I ever read was I I, I bought uh, a book. It was called the Art of Hitting uh, Five Hundred. Uh, the Art of Hitting Five hundred. The Art of Hitting Three Hundred. It was George Brett, and but it's more about it wasn't about what is George Brett taking is more about George Brett's technique and how is he able to be such a great hitter? Not like, what did he take to get that way? And it's the same thing with anything else. Even any type of athlete, what supplement
0: are they taking? What are they... I mean, how about what they did to achieve their skill level? Well, the one that fucking kills me with young guys with fight sports in particular, I don't want to get into it. If you've been following the podcast, you understand my position on MMA and the fact that it's the most it's it's the most achievable sport it's a tangible sport it's something it's uh, i was saying to a noob you know you're not going to go and play pickup football, and Tom Brady's going to show up and be the quarterback for your team, where you can walk into here, take kickboxing class, and you have two or three UFC fighters will <laughs> show up, and you know you might actually drill with a UFC fighter. Yeah. You're not going to go to another gym and uh, you know play catch with an NFL guy. But you still see the like when no no no, here, but I'm not you saying see
1: Carl working out. There's a no no big no difference. no. But
0: but yeah. my point is not that. My point is Ac- that the accessibility. with right. because it's so accessible. And there's so much media about it. A kid watches a lot of TV, watches a lot of YouTube, watches all the fights, watches all the highlights, watches the behind the scenes, comes here, sees a guy who's in there, sees only – like what Carl does in class is not what we do. He shows up for class to just kind of walk through some, some things and keep moving. But like our real training, nobody's here for that it's different but you get a young guy who doesn't know what the fuck he's looking at or talking about whatever and he just watches all this stuff and comes in and all of a sudden they they feel like they've got what it takes to jump the line even though they haven't done the work they just consumed a lot of stuff they've consumed a lot of visual material and they don't want to learn the basics they want to just do spinning crazy flying heavy handed whatever i had one guy in particular used to tell me back Ten years ago. He's been with me a long time. He's still with me, actually. He used to tell me all the time about how uh, I just want to be Chuck Liddell. I want to knock everybody out. And the thing I kept explaining to him, like, okay, before Chuck Liddell was knocking people out, he was wrestling in college. So when you don't want to wrestle because all you want to do is throw your right hand on the heavy bag all day, well, understand when you fight, you're just going to get taken down. And sure enough, in every fight he's had, he's been taken down because he never put the time in the wrestling because – He's always had in his head he was going to be Mike Tyson or Chuck Liddell.
1: Yeah, I'd like to be Tom Brady in a you know
0: five Super Bowl rings, but I mean but the a thing lot is, of work that got to that point. <laughs> you're not going to be able to do the fancy shit until you do the basic shit. You have to have a super solid foundation to build upon because the one thing about combat sports, which are different than most sports, is that combat sports you're going to get your bell rung and then we're going to find out what the fuck you're made of. It's not tired. It's not playing hurt. It's it's fighting seriously. It, it's yeah. fighting seriously impaired with someone that's trying to put you away. Right. Like in football, you take a hard hit. You can lay there for a minute. They'll come out. They'll check you out. Maybe take you off the field. Hit you with some smelling salts. Smack you in the ass and say go back out. In fighting, if you don't get up right away, the fight's over. You know, and if you do get up, you got to fight through it. You know, maybe it'll be at the end of a round. And you get a minute to recover, but. It's just such a high-pressure, just seriously condensed thing. And it's just so primal and physical and violent and everything. It's just such a everything fuck that there's no other sport that can compare to it. And that's why the foundation is so important. I always say with guys, you know if you're a striker or a grappler. If I punch you in the face, if you try and punch me back, you're a striker. If you try and take me down, you're a grappler. But the response, that response is from what you put the time in. Like, if you've been wrestling your whole life, and that's your foundation, that's going to be your go-to. Right. If you've been punching shit your whole life, that's going to be your go-to. But you have to have a go-to. The guys that come in and want to be fancy without doing the work, when you punch them in the mouth, they don't know what to do. They're like, wait a minute. This isn't what I saw. You know, it's funny because, uh,
1: I really never was a big... I mean, I've watched them before here. I've watched MMA fights, but now we we all get together, we go—you know—we go see the fights more often. We go, you know, and I'm—I'm more conscious of now actually watching it and then the things we do and the things you teach. And it's really amazing to watch and see what you're talking about and watch it and watch people have to, you know, be in these positions. And if you don't do those things,
0: you're going to get—you're going to get hit. You're going to get hit hard. It's really wild when you see people that are casual fans to then become practitioners and then all of a sudden you start to understand the subtlety of it. Where people think that fighters in particular a lot of times they're just physical, they're aggressive and they're violent. And I'm like, no. These are athletes. These are these are tacticians. They're artists out there. They're putting together their art in an effective way against someone who's trying to do the same thing. It's it's funny, too. The, like, you know that there's that slapping kick that sounds really bad, but you know it doesn't hurt because they just got smacked with his foot. But the one that didn't make a sound that was the shin like digging into the thigh that the crowd didn't go, wow, because there was no auditory thing to go with it. That's the one that you're. Oh shit, that hurt. I mean, I watch fights a lot, and people are like, man, he just got punched in the face. So I'm like, yeah, but you missed the liver shot that set that face shot up, and he's not bent over because he got punched in the jaw. It's because he got punched in the liver. You know, you don't respect the body until you get hit there, or you understand, or you see the whatever. You know. That,
1: that like last weekend, it's funny. We were. What, I don't. I don't remember the, the one fight where the I think it was the middleweight when uh, you know, he knocked the other guy out, but then he was limping out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was, like, With, um, well, I was shocked by that. I was like, wow! And, and you were all over. You like, you didn't see all the kicks to his leg, but he, there's a reason he he's limping. And that's exactly what we're talking yeah. about. Like the whole fight, he was taking shots to the leg, and it was just something that I really wasn't conscious of till after. Well,
0: like, wow, why but, is he limping? But Luke Rockhold, it looked like he had a bullet wound in his shin, right. And and uh, Romero was was his leg was toast after, and it was funny. I saw his shin. I was like, oh shit. He's really blasting away. I knew he was blasting you away. That, and sure. then – so he probably kicked him in the knee or he went and he threw it a little too low, went shin to shin. And he – you and know, Rockhold chunked his shin. But you got to be kicking pretty fucking hard to chunk your shin like that and that's why Romero is taking it. And I know from fighting too, it's really funny how you can go – from looking like you're the strongest thing in the world and that final bell rings and you just collapse because your leg's toast. But that's the, the adrenaline dump and that's the mindset of it too. I mean, Romero, he's a freak. He's a freak. Yeah. When when he's in there fighting, he's just a freak. Yeah, that was a good fight. That was a good fight. But, I, I, you know, but you're looking at it. The casual fan, not understanding, what the fuck happened? The big one was, I always go to the internet to see... The message boards, what the dumbasses are saying because it's entertaining, and they usually crash after the UFCs because every idiot dr- – every drunk idiot in the world is putting their two cents in. And there are so many people going, oh, his leg was broken. He broke his leg in the first round, and that's why – and I'm like, his leg wasn't broken. His thigh was killing him because he got getting kicked and kicked and kicked and kicked and kicked. Everybody's an expert. Yeah. Yeah. My last fight, I got kicked in the leg so much. People were like, I don't know how you kept taking that punishment. I was like, shit, I don't know either. And they were like, did that hurt? Because you look like you're okay. I was like, you don't understand. After the third round, it hurt so bad. Every time I got kicked, it was like somebody was stabbing me. You wouldn't know if you saw it. I watched and I was like, fuck, I was poker-facing the hell out of that. That's pretty crazy. I, and then I remember I went we went back to the hotel and uh, my wife was like, you all right? I was like, um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go to bed or I want to go to the hospital. And she was like – she laughed the way you yeah, just did. And right. I'm like – I was like, no, I'm not kidding. You're serious. I'm like, no, I'm yeah, not. I'm serious. That, right? I'm like, I don't know if I need to go to the hospital or I need to go to bed. And she was like, take eh, like 10 Advil and go to bed. I was like, give me eight and a big glass of water. and. Uh, but just stay ready I was just like, in case. I was like, yeah. can you help me get out of the chair because I can't fucking move. But, uh, yeah, it, 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 it is just – And how is that? That must be like, a,
1: like to go through that and then go back and watch your fight.
0: It's never what you think it is. You you always remember it differently. As a coach, I remember what I see. As a fighter, I don't. I think – well, sitting on the side, like sitting in the corner and seeing the guys do stuff. Like Carl and I fight all the time. When we go into the back after a fight, I'm like, man, I can't believe you did this, did this. And he's like, I didn't do that. I'm like, dude, you did. He's like, no, I didn't. The first thing I did was – his last fight in particular, he goes, no, I didn't throw a kick. I was like, Carl, every single fight you throw a left high kick – immediately i was like and you did it here no i didn't he goes i threw like a double jab and then i like moved and i'm like no you walked out you threw a fucking kick he's like no i didn't i was like all right fine and then then the video then he watched the video later that night and i get a text like like fucking four in the morning you're right i threw a kick you know but you don't remember it's weird what you remember the fight to be and what it actually is that's why a lot of times when guys don't understand decisions people are like oh man how did he not know because he didn't know he really didn't know yeah. It just – you don't – you it feels different than what it looks like. Right, right. You don't know what you're going through. It's a high-speed fucking sport. There's a lot of contact. I had fights where I'm like, man, I think I got my ass kicked. And then I watched the video. I'm like, oh, shit, I wrecked him. Or the opposite. You the just, opposite it's yeah. just so hard. It's just so hard to figure out. It, it, it's it's just such a such I a weird a ass thing. It. It, it's, it's such a
1: grueling sport to, to have to go in. Again, you're going – into a ring and the objective of the other guy is to hurt you as much as he can
0: you know the biggest I played
1: baseball the objective of the pitcher wasn't to like hurt me it was just, just to Yeah, it was just win. <laughs> winning,
0: winning in baseball has nothing to do with hurting the other person exactly now the biggest mind fuck for me over time like there were the pressure of fighting like, I had to take time off at one point because going from fight to fight to fight living in a state where you know there's somebody training to kill you all the time gets to be a little rough for me, it did. Not everybody. I don't think Carl gives a fuck, to be honest. I know some guys that don't give a fuck. I did. Like, it just got to a point where I was in this constant state of preparing for war and it just... I need well, a break. that's
1: exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, but for some people, it's just a sport. Some people, it just is what is. Some people are really comf- more comfortable than others in those environments. I know for me, I... The reason I was never anything fantastic was that... I mean, I was good. I was a good fighter. I don't know... If, uh, the world would define what i was by how i was i mean whatever but uh, i know i was good at my craft as an as a competitor but what separated the great from that was there were some people that were just so they're just more comfortable in the bad position or the stress just made them perform better whatever there was just something within that person that that Pressure brought out something better than the rest of us. It was, and it's that way in all sports. I mean, you've seen you see in football, you get that team that rises to the occasion. So you get the team that they beat the number one, but they lose to the number eight. Right. You know, because they just they rise to the occasion because it's it's an emotional team that way. You know, if it's not something to really get up for, they can't and that's just it's weird it's just some people just behave differently than others some people it's life and death every time they compete and they have to win for whatever reason and they'll kill themselves trying and they, those people it's one or two ways some people that stresses so much they underperform and some people it makes them overperform but
1: it, I, it, I found that when I played playing baseball I, I, I love the pressure situation I love that because it, it, it made me focus more it just made me focus
0: more I was twisted I still am I combat the, the allure of combat sports and training for me was always proving to myself how much I can endure. I don't know what I do. I mean I can go deep on, I can understand. Like there are things that I think growing up that were kind of went certain ways and that as I matured I just needed to constantly reaffirm myself in a certain way, whatever. But it was an endurance thing for me. It was how much could I take? I always wanted to the, the heaviest hitter, I wanted them to hit me so I could smile at them and say, fuck you, I'm good. Like, I could take it, man. I, I just had that weird thing, and that's what always made me a really hard opponent. You could beat me. You would. Okay, I'm going to repreface that. You could win against me, but you could never beat me. That's just my whole thing.
1: That's a great mentality.
0: But I don't know anybody that walked away with a win for me that wasn't like, fuck, that was hard. That was really hard. And there were no gimmies gimmies with me. There still are no gimmies with me. You know, I'm kind of like weird that way. Uh, I
1: can't that's, help that's it. That's a good way to be. That's you know that's,
0: that's you know that's the the model of success. I think I that uh that that stuck with me, and that's the attitude. I feel that if Killer B was going to have any kind of attitude, it's that win, lose or draw, we do everything we can. And there's no easy victory against us.
1: I have never i've been here like I said over a year and a half, and that's i mean there's many things I like about this class, but the one thing I, I about you, which is great there is never there has never been a class where I was like, oh well, Brian like kind of went easy on us tonight like or today it was it's if if there's it there's never a time where you don't go and you don't expect the the one story I remember which was great um it was it was a Saturday morning and we were you know we were paired up and uh, I think it was Casper went and just went and just grabbed a, a drink oh, yeah. real quick.
0: I and, remember that day real fucking. And, clear.
1: and you and you were you like were were pissed, but you the the way you approached it it was it, you had everybody circle up and you're like.
0: I ripped him a new asshole.
1: Yeah, but 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 you didn't though. I did word it a bit. You did rip him way. a new asshole, but you did you did it with a message. And again, that's yes. what I like about you is like whatever you did even if even if you do it sarcastically, serious, joking, you have an excellent way of getting your point across, no matter which way you do it. And and if and it was awesome because you're like, this is a team. We're here. Everybody here, you're, you're relying on your partner. We're here to achieve something. And you bring that. I have to give credit where credit's due. You bring that. I, again, I've been here for a year and a half, and I can honestly say there wasn't one class where it was like you came in and just like mailed it in, where you just went through the motions. Never. I, I, you I never do that. But I. Ever.
0: But I, I do give a shit about this. It, it's, it, well, that's what I'm I having. care about – honestly, my. it's my biggest strength, and and it, it actually becomes a liability at you know, times for me is that I do care about people. I do in general. It, okay. the, I, I do care about people achieving what success is for them in whatever. I mean, I my business right now outside of here, my biggest struggle is that I have to work with someone that I don't feel makes decisions that are good for people and for me – if if you run every if you if you go from the back door to the front door and you only care about like what you personally can take out it's just never going to work out well for you long term. And I don't understand how we don't understand as a as a as a society at times just as regular people that at what point did you forget that being good to people is just good shit to do. Exactly. Like so if I had lost, but if I well, it's, it's not. Sad. But honestly, I don't think it's lost. I can't. I'm not. I'm not going down the negative hole on well, that. No, no, I don't. There really, are certain situ. There are certain people, certain things. But it's just from this perspective of it, it drives me fucking crazy. If your objective is to, if you have people that work for you or work with you, if you have people that are going to be the front line of what you do, my students are not my employees. My athletes are not my employees. But they are the front line of what we do. If I treat them like shit, they're not going to perform in a way that's going to represent us effectively, that's going to allow us to have longevity. So their success is my success, which becomes all of our success because we get to continue because we're putting our best foot forward instead of this hammered piece of shit that's getting beat down all the time and told it's not good enough. So whatever it is you're working with, if you have a product that has to go in front of the world, you want that to be the most positive, best product possible. So like employees in a store, I, want my, I, I have to overcare for my employees so they take care of the customers who in turn will take care of me. If I take care of me at the expense of my employees and my customers, my employees and my customers are going to band together against me and I'm no longer going to have a business. It, it drives me nuts in management how many people go to the cover your ass mode or just maximize personal gain and they look at it from that short term thing. I would rather do shit for free today or give more to somebody today. So that I'll get money forever. Instead of getting a lot now, I would rather get a good amount over time that's going to add up to way fucking more and give me security and comfort and also build a tribe of people around me that get what it is I do because I took care of them. They believe in what I do because it's taking care of them. And they're good at what they do because they like what they do and we figured out who belongs here and who doesn't here. Like It's, it's, it's such a fucking – it's a crazy – it's crazy to me that – that attitude of treating people like shit and expecting results can remain. It just it's such a negative out.
1: Yeah, but you have to take you have to take credit for that because some people some people just can't they just don't have the ability I, I've worked being an iron worker, I've been a foreman, I have ran work and I worked for them. I worked for some guys that are really smart. They know it, they can read the prints, but they're they they don't know how to treat people. Uh, other guys, and, and, and just sometimes that is some, a quality that. It's a, you, I, I do
0: think it's a personal thing. A lot of.
1: Absolutely, like you have, like here, that's why it's successful. You obviously have the skill that that that's without saying. And I, I just I'm always I'm always in awe of of every class. Again, you're talking. This is not like a small sample. I've been here for over a year and a half, and it's you just have an excellent ability to to. Treat people the right way to get across what you're saying, and like it was funny. I, I was telling my sister one time. I'm like, you know, I said me and you have become friends. I said I'll I'll go to class. it will be like 20 minutes before class, and me and Brian will be joking around, and you'll be like, oh, carefree, and, and but when the clock goes off, it's game time. All right, motherfucker, yeah, let's go. Like, yeah. and, and, <laughs>
0: and it's great. That's that's what you want. Like I. I if but we go, don't have a relationship based on bullshit. We have a relationship based on work. Exactly. So if I don't maintain. The expectations of that side of our relationship, the other stuff. That, it's funny you said that because the one thing I've always said. So I've seen schools that the instructor makes it when you're a member of the school, it's almost like they give you a pass to come to the cool kids table. It's not an earned thing. It's just like, yeah, I'm cool. So you get to hang with me. So you get people that may be in weird social positions that they just feel better about themselves because they're being accepted by this group. But for me, and most of the guys that have been here long term, you have to earn you have your to spot earn. at yeah. this table. Oh, yeah. And because of that. I noticed that from the start. But the thing is, yeah. and it's not that you have to be a world beater, you just have to be a worker, and you have to be giving, and you have to be open. You have to be a higher level of human. And that makes it so that our table is something that we protect. It's not like. Pay a fee, come hang with us. It's like pay the fee to get a chance to prove your worth to us. And if you prove that you've, you're worthy of the effort that we put out, good. Right. You know, and that's why, and it's not, I'm not saying we're better. I'm just saying we are who we are. We know who we are. But you are. But we're exclusive. Yeah, I, but no, no, but, but, but we're <laughs> exclusive. We're exclusive because we only want people that subscribe to what we subscribe to because we don't want to diminish what we do. A big mistake coaches... Hey, I've made every fucking mistake you could make. Ever. Where I'm at, I, my current success is built on years of failure. I've made, All these things I'm talking about, I'm guilty of. So guys that trained me in the past are like, fuck him, that's what he's like. Yes, you're damn right. I made every fucking mistake in the book. Bring it on. Don't care. Say anything. Anybody. Come at me. Come at me. I've dealt with my demons. I'm comfortable with it. I'll eat that shit for breakfast because I know what I'm doing now is good and I stand by it a thousand percent. Don't judge me on my past. We all got one. But the thing is, you can't be everything to everyone. And one thing with coaching I learned was in trying to... There are some people, like I hate to say, like I don't want to say I'm ever going to give up on anybody because I really believe everybody has the potential to do great things. Everybody. I don't give a fuck. But it's going to take time for you to figure your own shit out so you're in a position where you can do great things. You can only do so much for everybody too also. And if, right. I, if I focus – if somebody is not ready for it because their shit's just not straight enough to be ready for it, if I spend all my time on them and I ignore the people that are there – I'm killing myself too. Like I really do have to manage my time. 80% of my time has to go towards the people that get it. And the guys that don't get it, I have to give them time to try. But if they're getting in the way of the rest of us, it's like, I'm sorry, but that's what a team is. You have to earn your spot. And if you want us to take, to chip away at our success, because you're just not there. It's it's a hard call to make and it's a weird balance that we run into, but it is what it is. Like. You know, not everybody can fight. Not everyone's meant to fight. There's, I got one fucking kid in particular right now that's begging to fight. He doesn't even show up to train. It's like, hey, let me give you a pro tip. You want to be a good fighter? Train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus.
1: That's but a, that's that's a problem with everything. I,
0: in a job, all aspects. Like people, they want the end result, but they don't want to make the path. Well, here's the thing though. People think they can get out of. Okay, so. People know they got issues. We all do. I got fucking issues. I'm no. I'm perfect, but we have issues. So instead of addressing our, instead of addressing issues, people try and like fight their way out of it, work their way out of it, do something extremely different, thinking that's gonna change them. But the thing is, you're not changing yourself. You're just doing something different. Like so, what I'm where I'm getting at on that is like I got this kid. He's got a lot of... His head's all fucked up. He wants to fight. He wants to fight. He wants to fight. And I know he wants to fight because he thinks it's going to solve his personal problems. But he's not going to win a fight until he solves his personal problems. It's ass backwards. He's ignoring the problem day to day thinking that that one night he's going to go out for nine minutes and make everything right in the world. Like everyone's going to look at him differently when he wins that fight and that's going to change everything. But... It's just not the way this shit works, man. Do and you, that's just so ma- but that's so many things. I see it all the time. I see it every day. Do you do you uh, this
1: do you have a, a problem with um with with like uh with like the success of Carl? I would think that now everybody looks at it, like, well, Carl's I can but they don't see the work that Carl
0: has done. No, I is, you, is I think that a problem? People looking at it, well, the end result, well, I can do that. Honestly, I think Carl's so at another level. Oh, I know. I know. No, he, but I'm just I know no, no. other
1: fighters looking at him and not realizing what he did to get to that level, and they're looking at you like, "Well, I want to get to that." Level. But you don't, and they don't realize the, the path that Carl went on to get where he's at.
0: Well, the ones that think they're fighters, right? That don't really do the work. There's a couple of them like, "Yeah, if I do this, I'll be there too." And we look at them like cross-eyed, like, "What?" Yeah. And but then the guys that are really doing the work, that see what he does or feel what he does they like, okay there's levels to this shit it's very clear with Carl there's levels to this shit it's really clear with Corey there's levels to this shit it's really clear with the top tier guys like those guys are at a level that it gets depressing for a lot of these up and comers where they're like they're, they're aspiring to be something but there's also that I don't know if I'm ever going to be that good like they're really good but hey it's crazy I remember playing playing baseball like
1: being in high school and being like you know the starting varsity and you have these aspirations of like i'm going to be a pro baseball player and then you you come across like somebody that's on a whole nother level i'll never forget i was playing in a, in a, in a summer league and there was a kid he played for i don't remember his name uh, top of my head he played for Fairhaven, and i looked at it like okay well this is a guy that's going to be a professional baseball player he's great and uh, happened to be in a, a sports store and one of the uh one of the scouts was was in the sports store and the owner of the sports were introduced to him. He's like, oh, he, I think he was a scout for the twins, whatever we're talking. And uh, the guy's name came up and he was like, yeah, he's all right. He might make it to about double A. And,
0: and he's fucking Superman to you. And
1: I, yeah, it was like, it was like at that level being like, you know, a six-year-old kid in high school playing baseball and you look at, it, well, that guy's going to be a pro and hitting this scout going, yeah, he uh, might make it, you'll see yeah. him back home. He'll be playing softball with you. And I'm like, wow. And and you realize the next level. Like, I, I played, I played baseball up until high school. I was senior year, MVP, starter, and but the next level? Forget it. It was like a whole another aspect. There was outfielders that were 62, 64,
0: 225 with rocking arms hitting bomb home runs and that just wasn't me. I even remember myself. I, I I got to I can look back at points in my career where I was like I'll never be better than I am right now. And then I'd be like a whole nother person a year later, be like, holy shit, how could I even think that was good? Like, it's crazy, like, when you go through level progression. And then, even I had this one coach, Arnie Soledel, and uh, I joined this group called Sato Kaikon, and that was like the big K1 organization back in the day. And I thought I was a pretty bad dude, and I'll never forget. He's like, hey, come out to Long Island, and come spar with me. The videotape's somewhere. I have it in my basement, I think. We actually had a flood the other day in my house. I, oh, it I, sucks. I, I hope I,
1: I lost Hurricane Sandy. I lost all my pictures. It's a nightmare. I, I,
0: I, I hope I lost this fucking tape because <laughs> I have a tape where this dude beat the living shit out of me. It was so bad. Eddie was dropping me with liver shots. He dropped me with like four liver shots in a row and I just couldn't. After the first one, I could never recover. He hit me so hard. Oh, my God. He hit me so fucking hard. And then he started kicking me in the head. And I remember I got in my car to drive home. I kind of didn't know where I was, who I was, my body. I felt like a fucking truck ran me over. And then he called me up and he was like, you did really good. And I'm just like, holy shit. I couldn't believe the beating I took. And this dude, what was crazy about it, I was like 27. He was 40 and he beat me to death. And we were the – he was about five pounds heavier than me. Beat me to death and he did it for a year. I couldn't touch this man. And he never seemed to get tired. His power never diminished. It was the scariest shit. And then, But then over time I started to learn the amount of time he put in to be that guy. To get to that level. And that really changed my understanding of where I I needed to go at that time. I was – I don't know. On a local national level, I was fine, but this dude was world class. And that was like massive eye opener in terms of what it was going to take. And I really – that was the beginning of me really starting to look at training differently. I mentally as – a, as a person, as a leader, I was not – that good I was better than anybody else around me at the time because my skill level was good and my understanding of the sport was really good but I didn't really understand I didn't understand how to run a business I didn't really understand how to develop people properly and I just burned myself out burned a lot of people out made a lot of fucking mistakes and then I mean seriously getting married having a kid um, having a lot of some shit in my life go through that really just made me analyze everything I was doing and uh I just realized empathy, gratitude, respect. Uh, world doesn't owe you shit for what you do. Like getting that stuff straight in my head changed everything. That was the biggest game changer.
1: But a lot, of, as I'm listening to you, a lot of the things that you're talking about is the reason for your success. Like I've noticed everything you've talked about, like whether it be a fight. Whether it be working out, whether it be getting your ass kicked by this guy, like you said, you have the, video, uh, messing up, like you said, you were a teacher, and you know, hey, well, I learned my lesson. But what you what you we have hit on, if you go back and listen, everything you've said, you've you looked at your failures. Oh, but the foundation, learned, and and that's what people don't like. That's what is success, and and as I listen to you talk, that's where you're. In, in life, if you can't progress, if you can't learn from your mistakes and you can't grow and you can't look in the mirror and go, wow, I'm an asshole. I did that. Or, you, you're never going to succeed. I had to and do – That's th- a credit. It's a, it's a lot of credit. I uh, give you a lot of credit to be able to look at a, a fight and go,
0: wow, I just got my ass kicked and like not give up. And well, not- I went through some shit a couple of years back. I went through some shit in uh, my personal life in regards to work and stuff and – I had to really look at how I was operating and why, and uh, I just—I got grounded. I mean, I could have gone another direction. I could have kept. I could have gone into a worse place than where I was at. But I luckily went a different direction. I honestly can't tell you why. I don't know. I just lucky enough that I did. I think it's. I, I'm hoping that it comes down to you know my personal DNA just pushes me in a better direction i mean that's the one thing with me is i always no matter what happens ask my wife like that anything can happen to me and i'm always like i'm gonna be fine i'm gonna be okay i'm good like we'll get through we're fine no matter what i always but i've just we're well, a fighter yeah i, I just I mean, that's that's a part of it yeah i just that's just how i'm wired it's just i'm wired like no we're good we'll be all right okay i'm not afraid of i'm really not afraid of much of anything having to do like If you gotta do, oh, you gotta do. Okay. So what that's why I hate when people say shit to me. This one gets me. They're like, you may not want to hear it. (laughs) Okay. Or I don't know if you realize how hard this is gonna be. I don't give a fuck. Like, you gotta do what you gotta do. But it's not even like, okay, you're judging it before we start. Like, if it has to get done, it just has to get done. Let's not judge it. That that's a huge one. So that one definitely from doing hard things over time. One one of like a brain hack is if you have to do something. Don't think about what it's going to be. Just do what you have to do. So if someone says, give me a thousand squat thrust, don't say, oh shit, this is going to be really hard. Just say, okay, I'm going to start a thousand and count backwards. Let's go. You just start That's and right. you go. And then, cause you don't know if it's going to be hard until you actually do it. A thousand may be easier than you thought. Cause the one thing you get from training too is the shit you think is going to be hard tends to not be that hard. And the shit you think is going to be easy tends to be the ass kicker of the day.
1: I remember when I first – there were multiple times when I, I, when I first came here and I like got through a class and I'm like driving home like, wow, can I, I don't know if I can do this. And, and, and it would like – saying that in my mind, that's what I wanted, like I pissed myself off. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm going back. I can do this.
0: I, yeah. I can do it. and uh, Well, that's how, that's how you find out if you're a fighter too. We all fight. We're all fighters. Everybody fights. Everybody does. You just got to recognize that you do. You got to find strength in every challenge that you take on, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, whatever the hell it is. Whatever everybody's faced with challenges, That's everybody true. has to aspire, you know, to be something every day. And uh, you know, we should stop dwelling on the shit we didn't do right and keep focusing on the things we do right. One thing I I, I, was, uh, I think I talked about it on another podcast, but I don't necessarily remember. But I talked about this today with somebody at work, uh, Mike Tyson. So we were talking about shitty managers today. We were talking about how there's certain management that pretty much is acting as if because they were good once before, like that gives them the right to do shit today, whatever. So Mike Tyson is my example on this. Mike Tyson is like the best example to me for anyone that's ever been successful in the past that's life went to shit. Because the biggest reason people's lives go to shit after good things is because they feel entitled after they do those good things. So you win. You're the best in the world in one – for one very short moment of your life. Okay, Now here's the only way you can become – you can stay champ. You have to translate the value of that experience every single day forward to that day, to the person you're with, you have to figure out the riddle of, okay, so Mike Tyson won the world title, and his life went to shit because he said, I'm the world champ. And he said, I'm – and that means you owe me. I'm the baddest man on the planet, and that's it. And when his career went to shit, he's still – I'm the baddest man on the planet, and everyone around him, you're the baddest man on the planet. And no matter what he did, you're the baddest man, you're the baddest man, you're the baddest man. But he really wasn't that good anymore. He's losing He's losing money, he's losing fights, he's losing all of his relationships, he's got sycophants all around him, goes to jail, like, pisses everything away. But wait, loses everything because he thinks the world owes him so much. So what the world did, it stripped everything away from him.
1: He had a lot of bad people around him after Custom Auto died.
0: Because all he wanted to do was be the baddest man no matter what. It's true. Now but i really
1: believe i really believe that when 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 costamato died
0: his life changed well because he lost that he he had a grounding figure he had somebody that grounded him and then he lost his grounding and then he went nuts because he was nuts he was fucking nuts you need you you need a this is what i talked about before
1: again like when i said with me i like to be coach so you, you the coach Whether it's you, whether it's you, whether it's the football coach, whether it's the big – you do need guidance.
0: But wait, but here's – And if you lose that, that could make for a big change in your life. All right, but here's here's the redemption side of it. So there's an article in Sports Illustrated about this. They did an interview with him. And basically now he lives in a nice house. Not the nicest house he ever lived, but he lives in a nice house. Wrote a book. Does a one-man show. Uh, does appearances all over the place. Best friends with Evander Holyfield. Been in a couple movies. Been in a lot of movies. Yeah, that's true. He's actually been in a lot of movies. Married. Kids. Taking care of family. Uh, best friends with his wife's family. His father-in-law comes over and hangs out with him. Like, and he and said, I stopped being Mike Tyson world champion. And I just started being Mike Tyson human being. And I started providing a value to the people around me. And now all of a sudden, now my life makes sense. So instead of sitting back and just taking, the minute he realized that all of his experience had to become a giving scenario instead of a you owe me scenario, life changed. And now he's on a better path. And now he may not have the money that he once had, but he also doesn't have the chaos he has security now. He has better people around him and he has a good situation. So, no matter how successful you are at any point of your life, it will not, it doesn't demand that you're going to be taken care of by people forever because you did that. And that's a big martial art problem. Guys win a title, they win a tournament, or they have a, coaches that have one guy win and then they try and make a career off that win. Well, you can only tell that story the same way so many times. Right. Do you want to know why the best... Here's what the best speakers do. The that's best- a good point. The best speakers. So, the athletes that won the, the, the big game that are on the speaking circuit, there's some that don't make it. They're the ones that go out and they say, this is what I did and this is what it did for me. But the ones that are really good, they learn to tell people what they did in a way that's going to resonate with the audience. In a positive fashion, they're going to tell the Super Bowl story in a way that's going to motivate that room of people to be better at whatever it is they are. So, if you're in front of realtors, you can turn a Super Bowl victory into selling more houses. If you're, uh, you know, at a dentist convention, your UFC title is going to teach these guys how to be more empathetic to their, to their uh, patients, whatever. But it's translating your success in a way that makes sense to the people you're speaking to because I I know this whatever it takes to do one thing well that formula applies to everything I don't give a fuck who you are or what you do we all do the same process it's just under different it's in different arenas it's in different time frames you know but the process is the same you commit to doing something you go acquire what you need to get it done then you get to work, you bring in people if you have to, but it's it's a progressive approach. And we all do the same approach. It's just like a fight. You sign on a dotted line to go fight another human being, and then you go get in shape, you get your technique right, you bring the people in you need to sharpen the tools, you come up with a strategy, then you get in the arena, and you go to battle, and you do the best you can with it, and then whatever the outcome is, you analyze it, you try and make yourself better for the next time. It sounds like my daily existence. That's what I do every fucking day. Exactly. But the key the key what you said there too is analyzing it and wanting to be better. Even if even if you want. Well, this is just success. This is the formula for success. This is not Everyone's existence because not everyone's trying to win some people are trying to coast some people But the ones that win the ones that are getting up every day and trying to do something with their day We're all doing the same shit. It's the same Analytical formula I say all the time you want to be analytical not judgmental Judgmental is an excuse to be a cranky fuck to give yourself reasons why you're not good why You shouldn't or whatever it's it's you don't want to be judgmental. You want to be analytical. You take away all the emotion. You take away all the bullshit. And you just focus on, you know, what do I have? What have I done? What can I do? How do I make it better? You look at it like math instead of looking at it like this big emotional ball of shit. So. But Frank. Yes. We've been going for a little while. Okay. I wanted to get my Mike Tyson story out. That was important to me.
1: I have a... Such sympathy for Mike Tyson. I might, might sound sappy, or I just—it to me, it's a—it's a—it's a shame. It's like a tragic sports story to me because he was so great. He was so focused. He was
0: so, and he just like you said, he lost it. He but then he got. It. But but that failure. If he didn't go through all that shit, he wouldn't be who he is and where he is today. And I actually think he's an inspiring story for those that are getting beyond. The bullshit and, and listening to what he actually has to say because if you listen to the Mike Tyson talking today, he's an extremely valuable hum- valuable human being. So I,
1: I watched that special that yeah I don't know what it was called or he was doing or you know, telling a story. It was crazy, it was
0: crazy. right? Yeah, it's crazy.
1: Crazy. Yeah, he had an excellent way to portray yeah, okay, it. crazy. Yeah.
0: So Frank, yes. if anyone is curious to knowing who you are and finding you, uh, give us one, Give us the best place to find you on social media. Is it Instagram?
1: I don't even have Instagram. You Facebook. Don't? Oh, you're Facebook. Your Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Frank
0: Cristevo on Facebook.
1: Yeah, I, I, I gotta get like I get into the Instagram and world and why I'm. I'm Instagram's cool
0: because you can see a lot of video and photos and all that shit. And if you're following the gym, you can see yourself doing work. So actually, you see it on Facebook anyway because I because all that stuff bounces to my Facebook page too. But all right, Frank. I think we've said it. All right, sounds good. It was fun. Yeah, it was. It's always good to talk to everybody
1: from the gym and get that kind of perspective.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You got to go deep on it sometimes, just so you figure it out. I mean, for me, you we talked. You you you've thrown a lot of accolades my way, but honestly, like.
1: And, and listen, I meant them. I'm I not just know. saying it because I'm sitting I here because I, I wouldn't Look, be here for a year and a half. I'm.
0: The I'm, reason I'm, we don't have a camera is so they don't see the gun, but that's.
1: and the money that's i better see the money in my wallet when i walk out of
0: it yeah but no but what but the thing is having these conversations for me is is so valuable because uh knowing the value that it has for the members really gives me energy and then also understanding the different ways in which people relate to what we do just helps me perfect my craft that much more
1: well, you, you should be, and forget forget what I'm saying. You should be proud of yourself because even though we have our student here, Trent Hinman, who was a professional race car driver, and I remember one time me and Trent were just doing a, a workout together, and we were talking about here and we were talking about you and how much we love the school. And he looked at me and he was like, you know, he's saying this to me, I wasn't saying it to you, we was yeah. doing this together, and he's like, this gym is, and this school is the best thing that happened to me. He goes, this is this is helping my. And he's a professional race car driver. He's like, this is not just the physical workout. He's like. The way Brian pushes us, and the way what he demands here has translated into what I do, and he's like, "This is the school is
0: the best thing that happened." That's why no matter what happens. So you should be you should be proud of yourself but, for that. But this is why no matter what goes down, I always do what I got to do to keep this place going. It's the most I do get the value that people get because I get it too and it's just like that thing it's the it's the glue that binds for us it's good you know Great. it's it's uh it's always been that way um i've never i it's again it's 20 years for me this march doing this on wow. my own and uh from day one we all felt that some guys lost that feeling and they went away and they all came back tonight i was supposed to have randy manier on uh, stuff came up with him. He got stuck at work, couldn't make it in. Randy's been with me for a while. Randy went away for years. I haven't seen Randy in a couple of years. Showed up out of the blue. He was like, hey man, do you mind if I start training again? And we, we ended on bad terms. But we both needed time. And then we both came back and we've had some really interesting conversations about our time away. And now we're back. And it it it's one of those things where, you know, you you, you get when you get this in you, sometimes you may drift away from it. But you'll veer back to it when you're ready. And the cool uh, part is, door's always open. I don't close the door on anybody. The only people, like, I only close the door if you're not, if I recognize you're not ready to be back. If you want to come and use us, uh-uh. If you want to come and be a part of the community, that's a different story. But if you're co- it's very clear. It's very funny how transparent the shady shit is.
1: You, well, your uh, message is clear, and it's 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 either you know this is what you 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 stick to what you what you do. And you don't stand for anything else. Well, you're part of
0: us. Exactly. You can't stand alone here. We all stand together. I mean, that's the thing. It's like I say all the time, we're the strong as the weakest link. That's it. So that's why if somebody tries to stand alone, it's fucking up the whole vibe for the whole thing. You know, We have to lift each other up. And the guy who wants to stand alone doesn't allow anyone to lift them up. They try and stand on top of us, and that doesn't work. We stand together. Stand to fucking together. That's what uh, we do. It, it, it,
1: I didn't. So. I like I said that that aspect of it. I I was it was a huge plus that I didn't really think was gonna be a part of it. Like that feeling of a team
0: and so that, that feeling was, of. So that was the diamond. Awesome. That was the diamond in the rough you found here. Yeah, I'm not going away anytime soon. You don't know, worry <sighs> about me drifting back. Frank. We Drifted again and got back into it, yeah. I know, we, so we'll get we'll do this yeah. again. We'll, oh, yeah. we'll come on. I want to do uh, I was thinking maybe we do a round table one day where we we'll do some of the guys that have been on here. Maybe we get like a noop and Trent. I want to get uh, Andrew on here too. Fuck, if we do a round table and Carl's here, no one's gonna understand a goddamn thing because we're all just gonna be tearing each other oh, apart. But job. it would be funny though, it would, it would be, be a, funny.
1: Yeah. It would be a good comedy hour.
0: All right, so this is Brian Wright. You can find us at thehivecast.com. You can find us on Google Play, uh, iTunes, TuneIn. It's easiest to just download it from the website. Again, thehivecast.com. You can find the gym, killerbcsa.com. Also killerbcsa on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me at brianwright732.com, brianwright732 on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Facebook as well. I just launched a new t-shirt line. It's called Real X Clothing Company. If you go to the letter B and then great 365 com. You can see some of the designs I'm pumping out. Any, uh, any shirts that you guys buy is going to supporting the podcast, the gym, and keeping our ventures afloat. So please show us some love Very uh, cool shirt. Uh, and buy a shirt. And the brand, our motto is leave your mark because that's really what we're all about here. I want you to live life by you know your standards and to leave a positive legacy so you want to do things that are worth remembering and so we're creating a brand that helps represent that lifestyle got to throw the thank you out to sucker punch the management company that keeps Carl employed, keeps us sponsored, and keeps bringing nothing but good things to the table. We have a new member of uh, the gym here, and that's Aggressive Sports Management, and also the Aggressive Sports brand, which we'll see more things coming from soon. Plus the regular sponsors, Meal Plans to Go, uh, Pure Spectrum, and uh, Alienware. Um If I'm missing anybody, I'm sorry. I'll get you next time. But this is Brian Wright. This is The Hive. And we are out. Later.